culture isn't agile. So if you can work with agile in technology development, but to work agile with cultural change and helping people understand each other and develop new ways of talking to each other and trying to understand each other, it's never going to be agile. Welcome to the CIO Exchange Podcast. I'm Ian Porter de Leon. This episode is a part of our ongoing conversation about technology and healthcare, where we cover the role technology plays in the delivery and management of healthcare services. For decades now, healthcare has been identified as an industry ripe for disruption, but it has been very slow to realize the innovation promised by the would-be disruptors. To discuss some of the reasons why, I talk with Jort Eben, the Chief Innovation and Strategy Officer of Academy Het Dorp, to get his take on why everyone, from startups to large companies, can't innovate at the pace of other industries. And I also have an opportunity to hear some of his stories from the trenches as well as his hopes for the future. A lot of responsibility, especially being in the healthcare industry. Yep. And there are more than one struggle that some of the smaller providers have when you're trying to integrate some of that technology. And maybe walk me through some of the diversity of sort of the landscape in yep. healthcare and, and what you see and talk about some of those struggles. Well, I especially look at long-term healthcare in that perspective, because we all know about a little bit about what hospitals are about. But in long-term healthcare, you have those huge organizations that, for all, and Denellis is a small country, but they take care of 10 to 20,000 people every single day. So it's long-term healthcare. But you also have organizations that take care of 10 to 50 people. And they play a really important role. The long, the long tail is, is a big one, because, yeah. but for IT provisions, it's very difficult for them, because... Yeah. Sometimes they are just in two or three houses, so it's not a it's not an IT infrastructure that they yeah. know that they can have. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Like in telco, they call that the last mile. Is there like a last mile in healthcare? Like those are they the last mile? No, it, <laughs> it's not exactly the last mile. It looks a little bit like the last mile, but um, it's it's actually when you look at if you take all those small companies uh, and the volume they have, they are probably like seventy to eighty percent of the total market. Oh wow. That's, so, a, that's intense. To make that's a, a really long tail. Yeah, it's exponential, but then the other way around. What we see is that uh, the big companies, they still struggle because of the tech and cultural changes they have to make. But the small companies, they don't even think about the new technologies yet. Yeah. So And they're like this 80% long tail... But they're, you know, so they're, they're responsible for a huge no amount of touch. Yeah. They, they touch so many people yeah. on such a regular basis, but they don't have that capacity to change like the larger organization can. I mean, as it, I mean, it's, it's, it's bandwidth, it's staff, it's, it's, I guess, a lot of different things. Yeah, but it, it, they're, it, it's, it's staff, of course, because due to the fact that they are just small, they have like 10 people that do the normal healthcare delivery and one CEO or director or stuff like that. And that's it. Yeah. So if they want to change anything, they don't have a project lead or something to do those big changes that technology is asking us. So they got to roll their sleeves up and go into the, the server closet and, yeah. <laughs> and do it uh, themselves. They, or they don't even have a server closet. Yeah. It's somewhere, but they don't even know they have it. Yeah, uh, it, could be, it could be up in the cloud. It could be anywhere. It could be farming. Part yeah, of or they do all their there. stuff now on, on Word and Excel, Yeah, which is enough for them. But then to bring in, well all the cool buzzwords like AI, ML, and stuff yeah. like that. You don't do that in, in an Excel format. Yeah, you so, can't put containers in Excel? <laughs> Kubernetes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Kubernetes, Excel yeah. Kubernetes. Maybe we'll, exactly. we'll figure out how to yeah. do that. that. That challenge that they have, there's not a lot of reason for them to change, is there? I mean, there's no, there's no real pressure. I mean, like, you well, say... Yes, well, they, what they do have to change. They slowly start to recognize that they have to change because there's a scarcity in people available to deliver healthcare. So technology can help them to have less problems with the scarcity of actual healthcare providers. So that's one. 
And the other thing is that more and more people in long-term healthcare that have chronic care every day, they want to be more independent of healthcare. So they are starting to ask for what technology can I use to be more self-reliant? Mm. So then, IT. IT and healthcare providers kind of working yeah, together. Yeah, they have to work together. Yeah. But if you don't have any IT in, in there, then it's hard to work together. So they especially struggle with the new technology. They just don't know what's out there. And the real big companies, they have the cultural problem. Yeah. Uh, they've been doing the healthcare like they have done over the n last decades. And they are spread all over the country. It's not like a hospital that's in one building. It's, for instance, the company CESA I've worked on, where, where we are the spin-out from. They deliver healthcare to 3,500 people, more or less, yeah. in 150 locations. Wow. So every single location has its own culture. Yeah. So I mean, you still have like, you know, Bob or Susie who sits there and their whole job is to take one system, look at it, and then type whatever's on that screen into another system. I mean, things like, is it, is it like, like that? Well, they write it down and yeah, then they're, type it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. They write, they yeah, have to get paper involved somehow. Yeah. The lucky thing about that is also a bit of, uh, you still can do some greenhousing in healthcare. If there's nothing there, then there's no legacy systems. Yeah. So that's the cool thing. But it's also the difficult one because to jump from nothing to robotics, you name it, mm -hmm. that's a huge leap yeah. for, for people to take. So People don't change that fast, do they? No, 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 no <laughs> they won't. Do you oh. think it's especially acute in, in healthcare, that, that issue with cultural change? Or do you feel like it's the same as, as other industries? Well, I, I think there are other industries where it's the same problem. My wife is a kindergarten teacher, and it's the same with technology in, in her school as well. Education, yes. Yes. Education. So, I mean, a lot, of start, a lot of venture capitalists talk about how education and healthcare are the two biggest industries ripe for disruption and innovation. And they're like these billion, multi-billion dollar industries yet this, yeah. that this, a lot of startups really struggle to, to break in. And I know that you had experience, especially with healthcare, with the new startups trying to break in and the challenges they have. Yeah. Well, and especially the startups in healthcare, we've, we've looked at a lot of them and we help a lot of them to understand healthcare. Uh, healthcare is a bit different uh, when you look at it as of, from other industries, and that's due to the validation part of the technology. We all know that, for instance, within pharma, you have to validate the medication before it comes into market. Yeah. Technology should be validated also before it comes into market. And we do, when we do it with a pacemaker, everybody says, of course, you should validate a pacemaker. Mm -hmm. But when you do it with sensors in a home mm -hmm. to monitor people that have dementia, for instance, or are disabled, then everybody forgets. Yeah. And then it's just an app. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's an app. It's in the app store. You don't have to regulate that. But that's really interesting, too, because yep. it has, it could have very profound healthcare ramifications. And the pacemaker is like, oh, yeah, that's a medical device. But that dementia application is also a medical device. Yes. And, but people aren't seeing code as medical devices. Exactly. And they forget because they are engineers and they, are, they love engineering. And they don't look at what healthcare regulations ask the engineers to do. So that's one thing that's very difficult for the startups. The other thing is the security part and the privacy part because healthcare data is a bit different than Facebook data, for instance. So that's where they don't know how to do it with those data that they have from those patients. And the third part is, and that's, I think, is the most tricky one for them. A lot of startups start with an app with a database on a server and the data is ours because they still think that the data is also part of their product. But then they have a small piece of data and the other app from, for instance, we have patients with Duchenne's disease. That's a muscular disease, and they, those guys always end up in a wheelchair, and they have a respirator. 
that helps them breathe. And that respirator, if that data is on a server somewhere with the manufacturer, we as a healthcare company cannot use it. But we don't only use the respirator data, we also use the data from the sensors in the home, which yeah. is on another server from another manufacturer in another company. Yeah. But we want to combine the data. And as long as we can do it, we won't use the, the technology. Yeah. And then we have to help them think how they're going to integrate the data they have with other companies. And that's fascinating because people talk about that being such a legacy problem. Like, oh, you have legacy silos, legacy silos. No, no, well, all we're doing is we're just innovating new silos. It's yeah. like, you know, like let's do, in, let's innovate something new. It's like, oh, you just innovated a new silo. Yeah. It's like, great, it does all this cool stuff, but it doesn't talk to anything else. Yeah, and they, and they even make, because they look more at security and they make a silo that's even more unbreachable. Yeah. So to get in or out, it's <laughs> so all the same all over again. Yeah. So and that's why also we more and more look at what IoT can bring, because those IoT platforms, if they have security, data provision, uh, data transport, privacy by design, and those startups try to bolt on to those IoT platforms, then it's more easy for, for us as healthcare companies, or for the healthcare companies to work with a platform, and then with all the cool technology that is on that platform, instead of having a discussion with every single startup about the integration and stuff like that. And, well, we already discussed the small companies. Yeah. If you were 50 people, everybody talks to one startup, and at the end of the year, you still have nothing. Yeah. And you spend all your time working with startups. Yeah, it's... it's it's you can start to see why you have this large you know, sort of disruptable industry but you have a hard time sort of breaking in because you exactly. can have the same competition and innovation but still deliver that connected experience that, uh, that yeah. the individuals really need because it, it's it's all these little you know players trying to trying to just create yes. new mousetrap but only for one small part of the problem exactly and so Putting tech aside too, I mean that's an important part. But mm -hmm. sort of going back to the the culture piece too, I know you had experience with a specific instance where the culture shift was extremely difficult. And maybe you can kind of dive a little bit deeper into how you see an attempt to make that shift and embrace that innovation, embrace that new technology, but that it just it just breaks down and it just fails. Yeah. So what we did, and that's it's on, on the culture change on both ends, as well as the healthcare company as the tech companies working together. So we are supporting CISA, that's the healthcare company, with creating a new building where 35 to 36 people are going to live and they are all disabled. So they need a lot of technology in their home to be as independent as they can be. So we have to work with the healthcare people and the patients to help us understand what they need in their home and in the technology part. And they told us, and that was when it still went well, and then we had to do... <laughs> before before yeah, things went sideways. <laughs> before things went sideways. And we created this cool list of all kinds of use cases. Mm -hmm. And then we presented those to 25 uh, tech companies, of which we selected 10 in the end to create a new system of integration and technology for those people because we really needed all those 10. And then, well, things went sideways because <laughs> we told them you have to work together to do the integration and to do the functional testing and the stuff like that. And they said, okay, we're going to do it. And nothing happened. Thank they you. were just sitting in a room and looking at each other. Are you going to do the first step? We're in competition. From the 10 things I can do, you can also do two. Who's going to do those two that we both can? Who's going to make the decision? And they were looking at us to make the decision. And we said, no, 
Yeah. We want you guys to cooperate because you do the integration and you decide whether his technology or your technology from the same perspective is the best one. And, and, and they were just saying that like, we want most of the pie. We want to see our solution yeah. as a biggest part of this and, and exactly. competition just kind of broke yeah. everything down. Well, we thought we would make it within half a year, three quarters of a year to make that integration work. And after six months, nothing had happened. Wow. <laughs> nothing. And you just guys, talking, talking, talking. Yeah. And what, what do you? What did you do? Like it's that six month mark. Nothing's happened. What did? What was going through your mind at that moment? Well, I was <laughs> almost writing a resignation letter because <laughs> I still felt responsible. Yeah. Then we sat down with them and we did some extra steps to help them understand what we needed. Again, and you have to understand we didn't pay them, so it yeah. was there. Um, but you were screaming at them, I'm sure. Yes, <laughs> but that's very difficult if you're. There were, there were no relationships other than the personal relationship we had because we wanted them to rethink their way of working. So we didn't yeah. do any contracts yet. At that point, we said, okay, we're going to work with you every single week. We're going to be there. We're going to have the difficult conversations. We're going to help you do those difficult conversations with each other. And we're going to do the project management. Uh, in the end, we did it our, we're doing it ourselves. We yeah. wanted them to do it, uh, but we stepped out of it and we said, we're going to do it. And then it slowly started working. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, it's amazing when you think about, you think that these vendors should come with a solution plus execute and be able to, to do what you have asked them to do, yeah. but they just, then, then it starts to break apart. And then you start to wonder like, well, why, why am I paying you? Or why am I potentially paying you? Yeah, but they heard what we were asking them, but they didn't understand how to do it or they didn't know that it would ask a completely way of working of them because they have to talk to the healthcare professionals, and they have to talk to each other to understand each other and to give them full insights in what that technology can bring. And that's yeah. that's that's difficult between competitors. Uh, but it's also difficult to ask the healthcare professional with what technology are you served best? And, and they're saying, I don't know. Yeah, I just want my patient to have the best day possible. Yeah. And that's that's a different that's a different an answer that they were. Yeah. They want they an wanted, outcome. Yeah. You don't, you know, they don't want to stand there and like tell some engineer and say, I want the box this big and I want this field over there and that field. They don't care about any of that stuff. No, you know, they, they don't. They want to just magic. They want to like, they want it. And, and you, you find too that, I mean, with consume, more consumer apps, they're expecting that consumer app experience and you're looking to these people to create that experience and they're just delighted by, let's say, an iPhone. It yep. comes to you and it says, hola, and then you use it. They want these 10 vendors to come together and give them something that says, hola. And yeah, they, that's what Basque always loved to say. I just get my iPhone, and it feels so good because it says "Hola." I don't have to do anything. Exactly, but and then, but then, and that's the, the the other thing that went sideways. But we're trying to integrate it as well. Then the iPhone says "Hola" mm -hmm. ten times from ten different apps from ten oh. different providers, yeah. and the healthcare professionals just threw throws out his or her iPhone. Yeah. because they don't want to work with 10 different apps yeah. for that specific patient. And then the next patient has eight the same and two different. Yeah. It yeah. took us, in the end, we are now creating it. We're doing the, la the last set of testing. We're now creating the uh, formal assignment for those eight companies left because two ended up uh, not wanting to work on this project anymore. So it took us, in the end, almost two years to figure this oh, out. Wow. And I'm very lucky that mm. building the building mm. has some delays as well. So we're still <laughs> you in time. You got, so you got a little break for We're it. still in time. I still don't have to resignate, but it's, <laughs> it's, it, in the end, it took us, oh, well, and it's ready in March next year. So it, it took us two and a half years to figure that out. Yeah. 
And, and you're in this age of like agile, we needed to be quick, we need to iterate. It seemed like, I mean, these, these sound like small, younger, more agile sort of focused companies yes, where are. they should have been. And that's what you're expecting from them. But I guess it's a, a good sort of cautionary tale. Yeah, but, that, and, but culture isn't agile. So yeah. if you can work with agile in technology development, but to work agile with cultural change and helping people understand each other and develop new ways of talking to each other and trying to understand each other, it's never going to be agile. I, I love that, that idea of like culture isn't naturally agile. You have to create the agile culture. It's like, because our old culture is, you know, it's like by nature, I feel like is waterfall or some form of laziness and then procrastination and exactly. some more laziness. And, and, but it's also first, when you create a new technology, you can see the failures in the technology and say, oh, we have to redo that. And you can do that quite agile. Yeah. But if those people working in that project from a healthcare perspective and from the technology perspective, those people, they first had to find out that actually they themselves had to change. It's not going to be the other one. And yeah. that isn't agile. Never, never. Yeah. So, well, it took us now for two years, as I said, but next time we can do it in one and a half or one year. Yeah. So we learned a lot from it and we, it can be quicker, but never in a sprint agile three weeks do a cultural change. Yeah, yeah, cultural. People just don't move that fast. No. No. All right, well, Jorit, I think it was a great conversation. I appreciate Thanks. you joining the uh, CIO Exchange uh, podcast. Yeah, cool. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the CIO Exchange podcast. For more conversations with technology leaders from around the world, consider subscribing to this podcast. And to get video perspectives and deep research, visit vmware.com slash CIO.